0: Welcome back, my fellow heretics, to another episode of Heretic Radio. My name's Jesse James. I'm joined by my co-host, CJ. What's going on, CJ?
1: Not too much. How you been?
0: Not too bad. That was a quick week, huh?
1: Very fast. Fastest ever.
0: Yeah, right. So, uh, tonight we have a special guest, and I'm going to introduce him here in just a moment. But um, I let him pick his own topic, and he picked out... Probably one of the best topics that we could talk about on here, to be honest, because there's just a wealth of information out there. We could split it into several segments and still have content to go on. Uh, but his name is Pedro, and he picked out human trafficking. And I just think that's awesome. What's going on, Pedro?
2: Yeah, hey, what's going on, guys? Nice to be on the show. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Yeah, of course, of course. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm just a contractor um, working overseas and everything such as that. You know, carrying around heavy luggage and everything like that. So every time that I go on an airport, you know, I always kind of be vigilant on what's going on. The old military guy that I am, and right. you know, I usually just wonder to myself, I'm like, you know, like how many of these people are actually like trafficking other people? Because you don't, you don't really think about that. I know that's, I know that's weird for me to think about, but like, you got to think to yourself, like, how many people actually like human traffic? while going to the airport or so, some such as that so yeah i'm kind of glad that uh you helped me out and uh that we're able to talk to this uh about the human trafficking and everything
0: yeah i think it's a it's an incredible topic you know um hopefully we didn't bite off a little too too much that uh, you know that we could chew there but um we'll try to keep it simple for ourselves because obviously we're not professionals we're not law enforcement we're not government agents or anything like that at least i'm not are you guys uh Anybody a CIA no, spy? No, I'm just that's kidding. That's a very true statement. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we'll try to keep it simple. This uh, this episode is really more for awareness and information. You know, nothing that that we found resource wise isn't anything that anyone else out there can't obtain or or locate on their own. But um, like I said, it's just more for awareness. We want to uh, you know open up your third eye to this topic and this this situation that's going on in our society. You know, not not your brown eye. We don't want you to be afraid of it essentially but uh yeah sorry that was horrible execution <laughs> of that joke i tried to work on it all week and it sounded different in my head but um
1: <laughs> well you know what you should be a little afraid with the brown eye because uh we have daughters very so, true yeah, sure very you true. Be afraid so and, and
0: that's a uh, another topic for a, a separate podcast here coming up is uh, self-defense and you know carrying a pistol and things of that nature so but stay tuned for that one that one's in the works but um you know, it's funny you mention that, Pedro. Because, you know, traveling through an airport, it's I would think that people would have a hard time trafficking through there. But, you know, where am I going with this here? I mean, you have a lot of luggage, right? Like you probably carry a lot of large stuff. Oh well, yeah, man. Like, I mean, l- like it's, you know, it's huge or...
2: stuff. Like if you if you honestly looked, I mean, you know, I, I look like a mean guy, but once you get to know me, like I'm pretty nice. But regardless, even if you look at me, you could still be like, oh, well, that dude's up to something. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I do carry a bunch of luggage.
0: And the the chances of you being a trafficker because you're a contractor, you work overseas from time to time, you know, like with the big bags, it just kind of makes me think, like, how many midgets could you fit in there? Chris, how many midgets could you fit in a large suitcase?
1: (laughs) You know, that's – (laughs) <laughs> that's uh that's a pretty good shot at me but um, <laughs> from my experience one or two, two in a bag <laughs> that was another joke that uh i tried to work on all week and again
0: it sounded better in my head and it just came up anyways but anyways but no I, I think tonight's topic is really awesome honestly pedro i commend you for uh picking it um and i think this is something i oh, well, appreciate it honestly we everybody should be aware of because even in small towns like where i live and uh the capital district area where Chris lives and down in the south where you live, I mean this is affecting everybody. It's not just a local problem. It's not just a state problem. It's not even a US problem. This is a worldwide problem. You know, oh, yeah. and um yeah, definitely so I'm just gonna I'm gonna kind of paraphrase this definition here. Um the definition of human trafficking, I pulled it from the US State Department's website. And basically in the condensed form, um, it's forcing somebody to do something against their will. It's not even necessarily transporting that person. It's forcing them to do uh, a task or a job or something that they're not willing to do. And typically it's, you know, by threat of abduction, um, threat or a threat of force, threat of violence, abuse of power, um, you know, so it it could be anyone. Um, And one of the biggest things that I found was that poverty was a huge uh, common factor in that so um, i know that you've got a whole bunch of resources pedro so i'm going to pick your brain yep. tonight and see what you found and we can kind of compare um you know our stuff here but okay uh, so two of the biggest things that i could find was you know are the types of trafficking anyways or human trafficking was sexual exploitation which is probably the most common uh, you know the, the prostitution and the the sex trade and stuff like that, and then there's also forced labor, which uh, literally being used as a
2: slave to do physical work. Um, yeah, and oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Oh no, well, yeah, I was gonna say because you know with with sexual ex- uh, exploitation, I mean that's something that we usually comment hear about more often than what you right. than you know than what you would think. But the forced labor, it actually is more common out in the I guess outside of the United States. Let me put it that way. Um, the four the four major countries that are that it's usually like big in is I don't know if you ever heard of it, but it's uh it's called Equatorial Uh Guinea. Guinea. This huh. is just, this is just something that I pulled off of um off of World Atlas dot com. But they were yeah. they were saying that the four countries that had the um had the labor traffic was Equatorial uh Guinea Eritrea, Iran, and North Korea; those have been those have been popping up for labor trafficking, uh, for the majority of labor trafficking and some sexual exploitations, like since two thousand eleven all the way up to two thousand eighteen. So I mean, you wouldn't really think, you know, because because you never hear of these other countries, but those are right the four biggest countries that that do for labor, and that's one thing that surprises me too is because. You don't really hear of of labor trafficking. You really don't. It's more the sexual trafficking that you always hear about.
0: So Iran, I know that they've been in the news quite a bit, obviously, for their beef with us. But, you know, we've seen reports, different articles, different things about how they're importing slaves from Africa for the most part to come literally be slaves. Um, Not so much for the sexual exploitation, like you said. But I Mm -hmm. that just blows my mind because Iran— um, you know they've got a spotlight on them quite a bit, and they they've been that way since the 70s when they had the revolution essentially, or I think it was the 60s, maybe 60s or 70s, I can't remember. 60s, 70s, yep. Um, but they're literally importing people from Africa to be slaves, and this is a a known issue. I mean, like that's not a secret. You know, the whole world basically knows that they're doing this, and nothing's being done about it. And I think part of that too. Why they they justify that Iran does, anyways? Is I think it's a cultural and a religious aspect. Um, mm. it, it just blows my mind. But um, some of the numbers that I looked up too was that uh, sexual ex- exploitation, excuse me, makes up seventy nine percent of the trafficking that is, per, you know, done in the world, and then only a mere eighteen percent is the forced labor side of it. So um, and another thing that I found too that was kind of ironic was that uh, the most uh or the traffickers that that conduct it the most are actually women so
2: yes but, that is true <laughs> which is, <laughs> crazy is you you'd think
0: it would have been like some big scary dude like going around like clubbing people over the head type stuff or like holding them at gunpoint but no it's it, women are the one that are uh you know trafficking and either coercing and forcing other women and children essentially because they're predominantly the ones trafficked that,
2: well yeah just but you also mind. gotta think about it well yeah because i mean you gotta think about it, though like who, who's more trustworthy like people people think just like you said you know it, it you think whenever people talk about sexual or sex trafficking, you think of big scary dudes coming in, grabbing people up off the street and just putting them wherever. It's not usually like that. Uh, where it starts off at, from some of the research that I have done, is that it actually comes from the people that are closest to us. You know, right. it could be our neighbors. It could be, uh, it could be someone that we just met and we've been friends for for three years. Uh, and to kind of hit up on a story like that, especially for the women. Uh, me and my wife, we got uh, discussing about this, and she was telling me how um, she knew a person that was going to our church, and they were they they met this they met this couple for like three years, right? And right. their their daughter was about fifteen, I want to say fourteen or fifteen years old. So they're sitting here and they're talking to this girl for three years. Think about this, okay? For three long years, and they're going to this church talking to this girl. Right. By the time that she turned seventeen years old. The woman sits there and tells the daughter or the daughter of the other people, she was like, hey, you know, if you really want to be a little bit more independent, like come and move in with us. We're going to help you out. Right. We'll send you off to college. We'll help you do all this and just kind of gave her a good picture of what was going on. Right, well, so make, make the making her daughter... promises. Yeah, exactly. And then eventually, though, once the daughter finally made up her mind and was like, OK, I'm going to come with you. As soon as she came with the woman instead of her living with the the female, she sent her to the supposed husband's house and made her live with him. And then once she started living with him, that's whenever he started sending her off to do different stuff. And the the mom and dad, they didn't catch on to this until like here recently. And they just finally got her back to where it was like, you know, thank God this is what's going on because, or, you know, thank God we finally caught it because, um, because they figured out what was happening in the guy's house. But it's something to where you, you, you put your trust or the the female, I guess, the, the female gender puts their trust in somebody like this that's been right. with them for three or so years or however long you know this person. And then they can still go and turn around and do whatever they want with your life, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Yeah, you know, women are, I guess... Easier to trust, I guess, in a situation like that uh, compared to, like, you know, some grown dude trying to tell some teenage girl, like, oh, yeah, I'll take care of you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I can totally <laughs> yeah. see how that how that works for sure. Um, you know, and, and I think we said it a few times here, but poverty is a huge factor um, yes. from the information that I can find. That is actually
1: huge. Um, <clears throat> just looking up right now, the porn indus- industry makes... Um, <clears throat> hang on. Let me just look. Um it makes ninety seven billion dollars a year. That is more than major league baseball, the NFL and the NBA combined. Wait, the porn industry it, does? Yeah. Um so I mean I'm I'm gonna guess that's not just regular porn from Pornhub. I'm gonna guess that's everything that you know Is that
0: that's gotta be like an international figure, huh?
1: Yeah it is. Um okay. <laughs> I was gonna say holy shit. And yeah. it's 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 and it it makes billions more than Hollywood movies make. It's yeah. just it's the biggest industry in the world. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, so there's a lot of, uh, people that look at different types of porn, obviously. Right. You know, the child porn, you know, whatever the fetish porn, but it, it probably goes hand in hand with the sex trafficking because. You oh, know. sure.
0: Yeah. I, and I, some of my other sources that I found too is that sex trafficking is only second, um, to the drug trafficking trade internationally. Um, that's the only thing that beats it is drugs. Right. So, I mean, that just kind of tells you, you know, high, uh, how high up on the scale that this problem actually is. And, you know, it's it's worldwide. Yeah. And typically it's, from my information anyways, it's the, it's the more impoverished areas that typically export people for the trafficking into the more wealthier nations. Like the U.S. is one of the biggest ones for people to come in. Um, Chris, I know you sent me something saying that Florida was a huge hub uh, to yeah. receive exported or technically imported at that point people's um biggest it, it's, uh
1: it's, contributor in the state or in the country
0: yeah yeah that's just crazy 83 mm-hmm.
1: percent of our american american girls that uh were girls and boys um that are taken in this in this uh trade
0: yeah see that that's crazy because for me i would think that the southern border probably would have been um more prevalent to transport people in and out um just because of everything that's going on with the cartel and stuff and i know we'll touch on that here with uh, Pedro, in a moment, because I know he's got some stories of family down there, right? That have kind of experienced uh going through that, or either witnessed it or
2: yeah, definitely, yeah. Oh yeah, they've yeah they've definitely witnessed it firsthand.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that my heart goes out for your family, honestly, Martín, because I couldn't imagine witnessing that, let alone living it. Uh, you know, day to day type stuff. But um, I do have some questions for you though, because there were some things that I could find and couldn't find. And I wanted to pick your brain because I know that you have done, you know, pretty extensive research here on this topic. Um, mm. My first question for you is, you know, what, what signs can help us identify someone that's been a victim of human trafficking? You know, is there a specific appearance or behavior? I mean, surely there's gotta be some kind of clues, uh, you know, that we can see on, on a, a, a woman or a child or even a, a boy or a man, I guess at that point, it, it's predominantly women and, and children that we know of, but, I know that men could be trafficked too, so uh, how do yeah, we pick up on those cues? Like, is or did you find anything that would help us, you know, identify someone?
2: Yeah, I mean the the usual case that I've um uh, that I've done on it is that uh, so evidence of being controlled, you know, so, something somebody that that you come across and you sit there and try to talk to that other person, but the man or woman that's beside them is doing all the talking. That's right. one of the signs. Uh the, the inability to leave home or place of that's another sign. If they can't speak for themselves, uh if they can't pull out information for themselves, loss of control of their uh other documents, uh, if they have few to no personal uh positions. So if you see people that that are pretty much being controlled, that's what it comes down to. Is right. that if you see somebody and you're sitting there talking to two people One's a female, one's a male, and let's just say that the male's doing all the talking. He's pulling out all the information for her. She's the one looking down at the ground, not even making eye contact to you. Right. Those are all red flags that 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 tell you, hey, there is something wrong. You know, there is something that I should look into more than to just ignore what's happening in front of me. Right. You know, those are those are basically some of the uh, some of the things that you definitely have to look out for whenever you're talking to certain people.
0: So is there any specific ethnicity or nationality that I guess would be more prone um uh, you know for someone in the United States that we should look for maybe or is just anyone in um, general I guess at that point because
2: I mean yeah at that point yeah it's it's just it's anybody man like it and it sucks to say it that way cuz I mean the United States we're we're how how can I put it we're we're like a pool of just everything you know what yeah, i like mean like
0: a, me- a melting pot essentially exactly
2: we're a melting pot thank you and i mean you can't you know regardless of whether they're black white mexican asian it doesn't matter what their color is if yeah. they're showing all the signs of this i mean that's you have to definitely step in and do something
0: right so what in your opinion pushes somebody into becoming a human trafficker because obviously there's got to be something wrong uh, you know, in their head, you know, behavior, health problem, mental health problem or something, I would think, because the average person is not going to go, no, I'm, you know, I'm not going to make you do things you don't want to do. I'm not going to force you against your will. Um, yeah. The only thing I could think of is that their situation is so dire or so extreme, and that is their last resort to support themselves or their family. I mean, is there anything else out there besides the economic factor? Maybe there's social factors in there that it's, well, you know, appropriate. Yeah. For I them mean, or,
2: I mean, honestly, man, it's it's the exposure, the exposure of growing up around the exploitation of, of human trafficking, Right. because it can be such a normal, that's just like, put, you know, if, say for instance, if you have a racist, or if you have, you know, somebody that, that feels like all black people are, are, you know, are against them or whatnot, whatever the white uh, supremacy people do, like, if you put, if you put a white person that's heard this all their life, that's what they're going to believe so it's going to be right. a normal to them. It's, it's, it's that exposure of human trafficking to that child or to whoever's growing up mm-hmm. around that, that's, that's going to cause them to be like, oh, okay, well, this is normal. to so this what I'm going to do. Right. Another thing is, like you said, it's the, it's the heritage, just like with the cartel, you know, you grow up in the cartel and this is something that's going to be given to you. This is, this is what you're going to take ownership of once that older person leaves. Right. You know, that, that's going to, into that whole factor either that or join the family or uh community business you know that that's that's how they look at it whenever right. whenever this happens you know and another thing is i mean usually it's just honestly the opportunity you know you give somebody the opportunity to become one that's just like with pimps if a pimp sees that he can make money off of five or six girls out on the street and he needs to pick up five or six girls he's definitely going to go out right and try to pick up five or six girls he's going to try to uh get their loyalty first make them feel like he's the only one that they can depend on and then he's going to push them out
0: right
1: now what about uh drugs um you see a lot of people that are really um fucked up on drugs they'll they do stupid shit they'll pimp their girlfriend they'll pimp their wife they'll sell their kid for a thousand bucks i mean or themselves work in there Any? yeah well yeah that too i mean does any of that work in there well i mean go go ahead i'm sorry
2: I, know, I mean, well, some of it does do that, but for the part of it it's it's usually just like I said the exposure it, either the exposure the heritage or the opportunity to go in there the drugs and everything else that's just a plus it's right. just something that i mean you don't you you do hear about it, but i mean it it falls into that factor, but the majority of it is the three um the three things that I had talked about earlier,
0: yeah, and I think the the drug side of it too there, I know that there's a lot of situations where the the girls or the women are forced against their will, obviously, and they kind of put them in like a makeshift brothel, and they keep them doped up so they mm-hmm. can't fight back or oh, resist or anything like that. We, too, yeah, you know? we've
1: we've seen Taken, the movie Taken, oh, right, right, oh, well, yeah, but, yeah, just like yeah, just like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> and you know, and, I mean, but and you,
2: but that, but that also falls into the the whole exposure thing. True, because you got to think about it like a bunch of these women, they're sitting here and they're all drugged up, so that's all they know. And then if they're not protected, or if they they still are able to have babies. Once that baby's born, if it's a female, they're gonna raise it in that environment. Once they raise it into that environment, guess what's gonna happen? They're gonna become one too. Right? You know what I mean? It, it so it's, know it's all about yeah, it never it's a never ending story.
0: Yeah, and, and one thing also comes to mind too, because in certain cultures, you know, prostitution is legal or accepted. Um, the U S obviously we have certain areas like the bunny ranch in Nevada and stuff like that. And hell, even here in, in Deadwood, South Dakota, prostitution was legal up until I think like 1988, um, you know, and it was regulated and you had to have a license and all this other stuff, whatever, but then they finally outlawed it. But in some places in the world, like Bangladesh, um, they still allow prostitution and it's a way for these girls to provide not only for themselves and their families, but the ironic part about Bangladesh is it's one of the largest Muslim countries in the world. So it's it's kind of funny that they allow that. Um, but that it's a socially and religiously and culturally accepted practice in that country. Um, and then, you know, uh, Martin, you know, we were kind of taught this when we were in, or excuse me, Pedro. Holy shit, I'm going to edit that out. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but we were What's in the Army. What's your address? What's your yeah, address, Pedro? Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but we were taught in the Army, though, uh, you know, pre-deployment to Afghanistan and stuff that, you know, they, they practice this stuff. They're called like, uh, Baka Bazi. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where families literally sell their little sons, five, six, seven, eight years old. And they, they give them off to these old guys making the same promises. You know, I can give them a better life. I'll give them education or blah, blah, blah. And what it is, is they're literally pimping out these little boys because the man loved Thursdays.
2: Right. Yep.
0: They dress these little boys up in makeup, and they put them in dresses and all sorts of stuff, and they make them dance in front of these perverted men, essentially. And this was uh, a huge problem with the U.S. military, too, because we've known about it since we've been in Afghanistan, essentially. It's just we were told to turn a blind eye to it because, oh, we don't have a right to say anything. That's a cultural practice, blah, 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 the PC shit, whatever. And meanwhile, we're literally standing by supposedly these defenders of freedom right, and spreaders of democracy, and yet we're allowing oppression of children uh and sexual exploitation of children happened right in front of us and just now we're right. starting to do stuff about it i mean just recent years and we've been in afghanistan for 20, 20 so uh, and 000. and again that's another you know cultural kind of aspect that afghanistan that's been a practice for a long time i mean probably hundreds of hundreds of years i would guess if not i'm not really sure but it was going on a long time before we got there and it's still going on And the u.s is just now starting to kind of like hey you probably shouldn't be doing that that's that's kind of gross and inappropriate yeah, <laughs> like
1: but you know the the u.s has always uh you know on our TV, been you know like the, the righteous country but um i think we've kind of uh helped these countries out with their prostitution for for years yeah um i remember when um i was recruited um i didn't get a chance to serve but um, they're like, oh, yeah, if you go over to Okinawa or you go to the Philippines, um, as soon as you get off, you know, you get your three-day, man, these chicks will be out there banging you. I mean, like, right. I mean, that's kind of helping it out. I mean, like, that was part of the, you know, the one of the perks of joining the service. Oh, you'd be able to screw these women all over the world. I mean, like, I mean, I'm not saying I, I love our country and I love our military. But, you know, like, I think every country has had a part in kind of yeah. exploiting all these yeah. different things. And it's yeah. sad.
0: You know, and a lot of soldiers, they, they get in trouble in Korea and Germany and stuff because, uh, I, I know for sure Germany, they have, uh, prostitution. It's legalized to an extent. Um, but soldiers are blacklisted from going there. You know, they're outlawed from going there. They're not supposed to visit those sta- establishments and all that kind of stuff. And they can get in a lot of trouble if they get caught. Does that stop them? Absolutely not. They still get in mm-hmm. trouble. Same thing for Korea, South Korea. Um, they still do it and it's kind of another socially acceptable thing within those countries. But so, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. But, you know, and I got to ask the question, where is human trafficking most prevalent, you know, in our country? You know, we, we touched on Florida, we touched on the Southern border and Mm -hmm. stuff, but inner cities have got to be, you know, probably pretty big on it too. Uh, And this is just, You know reported cases anyways like for my state for example we barely have any problems with it uh to Mm -hmm. the point where south dakota literally broadened their definition of human trafficking so they could fit in with the rest of the nation my town literally has had zero cases and i think since 2016 south dakota's only had 48 reported cases total and the majority of those are during the Sturgis motorcycle rally because you know a lot of those bikers and travelers and tourists they bring in people and then they end up getting stuck here or they get in trouble and they realize, oh, you don't even know him from Adam. How'd you get here? Yeah. You know, um, we have yeah. a lot of drug problems during that time too. But I know Chris, you you looked up, um, you know, the Capital District area in upstate New York. What did you find?
1: Um, redirects me to Florida. Just That's, Florida
0: every single time. Yeah. Just, yeah. So no stats at it. all for New York or or upstate, anyways. Um,
1: well, upstate, no. I mean, New York. Um, there's a lot down the city, you know, because right. it all funnels down from from florida but uh in the capital district now i've heard um over the last year watching the news that a couple motels were busted and they tried to connect these guys to um that ring but i think it was just some guy pimping out not a young girl right. uh, you know you can't really put it in the trafficking like she was on her way to you know, like epstein's island or something like that right <laughs> the lolita express yeah yeah <laughs>
0: You know, and so what about down there, Pedro? What are you, uh, what did you find on your area?
2: Oh man, I've I've been here recently, just this past week. They they busted up forty nine people for human trafficking in Birmingham.
1: <laughs> so oh, I mean, it is
2: steadily going on here. Birmingham is like the number one for us down here, from my understanding of it. I mean, um, uh, I it's it's funny that you know you should ask me about that as well because I just finished talking to one of the guys that I work with. And he told me that not recently, like about a year or two ago, yeah. uh, he was talking to one of the guys that he went, uh, that he was working with, and one of, he's a cop. So they stopped the van and doing a normal routine check, you know what I mean, because the van had a light blown out. Well, right. they started acting suspicious, so what these guys did was they were like, all right, well, we need something to, to check the van with. So they made up some stuff. They started checking the van, and sure enough, whenever they popped up in the glove box, a head popped out, not not like a a severed head, right? But like an actual, like living head. And what actually happened was, <laughs> they had taken off the dash of the van that they were uh, working in enough yeah. to where it was still functional, and they had placed a body on that uh, on that un- underneath that dash. So smuggling. just so that they could smuggle. Yeah, so they were smuggling Good a person God. through that in that van. So I mean. Birmingham is uh, is pretty bad right now with human trafficking.
0: And I think the South in general is really starting to light up with this human trafficking because I read a, uh, an article the other day from uh, whatever the Nashville newspaper is. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but they had, uh, I guess, conducted like some study or something like that, or they got you know the stats for the state in 95 counties out of Tennessee had at least one Mm -hmm. reported case of human trafficking confirmed by the police. So, a missing persons, which ended up being, oh, they were taken against their will or wherever the case is. But 95 reported cases out of, uh, I think there's only like, what, 100 100 or so counties in Tennessee, which that's insane. That's everywhere in that entire state. Yeah. You know, which begs the question, what is being done to combat human trafficking? Because, I mean, clearly there's something going on you know, the world has recognized it. You know, what are we doing as average joes, essentially, to to kind of or to try to mitigate this problem? Because it wasn't even until 2000 that the UN passed, um, you know, the anti-human trafficking international laws and act and all that kind of stuff. So we just started dealing with this 20 years ago, which again just kind of blows my mind because this has been a problem forever, but recently it's just blown up.
2: Yeah, it, it and it definitely has. And that's one thing that, you know, that kinda worries me because I mean, at least from my side of it, we always get briefed on human trafficking, on what to look for, uh what needs to happen if you see something right and stuff such as that. But like as far as like regular citizens and or shall I say civilians that, that don't have the opportunity to get briefed on like this. Right. You know, I kinda I kinda wonder if they're just you know, if they just go on day to day not not being i guess um taught what to look for because you know if if you were to talk to me back whenever i was 20 years old where i had no clue on what was going on you know it's i wouldn't have i would have just been like oh well i don't know man i don't really know what to look for you know she's not i'm not gonna sit here and be like oh okay well i gotta look for signs on on human trafficking i'm not gonna do that because i wasn't it wasn't brought to daylight for me right but right now i mean what from my understanding of it is that the uh, that the Department of justice is trying to uh is trying to join with the federal law enforcement on mm-hmm. the training center for human trafficking uh, for human trafficking, so they're trying to develop a system to where they can teach people about human trafficking just be right. more aware on what they need for the to i guess better identify you know to to have indicators on what they need to look for in order to stop human trafficking as well right. as who they need to contact in order to uh to prevent it.
0: So you so basically just awareness of the situation overall. I mean
2: Yeah, pretty pretty much. I mean and I mean I know I know I have a lot of stories from the past, but I mean even with this one, um, we had a girl that was abducted like about a month I wanna say a month or two or two months ago. So pretty much last year. And uh she went missing for about I wanna say I wanna say about like three weeks right so they found her dead but what what they were saying was that she was actually abducted uh, whether it was human trafficking or not uh it wasn't really too clear but they were trying to go more towards the human trafficking or not but right. what i'm trying to get to um what the point that i'm trying to get to with the story was that there was a couple that saw this person getting abducted right like literally from like 50 yards away these people were watching this woman getting forced into a car the husband that was looking at it he was like hey i'm going to say something i'm going to call the cops the woman that was looking at this in other words his partner she was like right. hey she's like it's none of our business don't what don't say fuck? anything yeah so you got to think to yourself right like what kind of society are we are we growing up in to where, if you are needing help and you're clearly needing help, to whereas other people, one person wants to do something about it, but then the other person, uh, go ahead, just tells the other person, "Hey, don't worry about it. It's none of our business. We shouldn't have to worry about that because it, it doesn't involve us." Think about that. You could have saved somebody's life, or you oh, could have shit. done something to prevent that, but instead, you you decided to look the other way. What kind of person makes you know? What kind of person does that make you?
0: you know i I think you know? that's just kind of the degradation of society overall you know a lot of things that used to be wrong are now right a lot of this trash culture um you know that's going on today like even ten twenty years ago people would be like, what the fuck are you doing you know what I mean and now it's yeah. just like it's a society norm and you know everyone's told like oh mind your business mind your business fuck off that doesn't have to do anything with you or you know type shit like that and I think that's gotten so deeply rooted in our culture and our you know at least uh, younger generations that mm. either they're too afraid to say something or they just don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Cause Oh, that's not my business. Like you said. So yeah. what what happened to that girl then? Did, did they ever find her or what?
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. Like I said, they, they found her, but she was already dead. Like oh they shit. found her, but I want to say like three weeks later after that. And she was, she was dead in some river or whatnot. What the
0: fuck? And that, and yeah, again, was... a life could have been saved had a phone call been made and given a vehicle description Something, you know, they, at least a chance to try to save her life. But no, it's, no, honey, it's not our problem. Let's go over to Pizza Hut after this or something. Like, I don't even know. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> it's just terrible. Yeah, it's
2: just, it is. You know, it, it definitely is. But that's, uh, I mean, it sucks to say it, but that's the society that we're growing up in nowadays.
0: So what about your family down in uh, Mexico? I know you told me that they've witnessed some stuff themselves. Like, what what do they see? What do they deal with down there?
2: Oh, yeah, man. Like, it. I mean, it's, this is kind of an everyday thing. At least this is that's what they tell me because they'll go down to the markets and they literally have to have their kids hold on to their pockets. Like, there will be times where they'll be sitting there just trying to shop, you know, just everyday stuff that we do in the yeah. United States. They yeah. try to shop. They try to do other stuff. But if the kid's young enough, they have people, just like you see on, on videos, if you were to go on YouTube, they'll ride up to them, they'll snatch up the kid and just ride off like my one of my sisters she's had an incident to where it was her and her two youngest uh her two youngest daughter and son they were shopping and all of a sudden this dude just runs into the store and tries to grab her kid and she had to fight this dude off like she had to grab her kid and like go at it with this guy in order for him to let go and he finally let go because other people started helping her out yeah. and he got back on his bike and just started riding off so, you know, did, things like this, it's like, it's, it's, and it's not just for the, the human trap. I mean, for the human labor trafficking, like this is stuff in Mexico that they use for more of the sexual trafficking than they do the labor.
0: Right. So did, did, did anyone identify that guy? Was he cartel or just some off the street bag who is trying to kidnap a oh, kid?
2: No one knows, you know, and that's the thing about it. But even if it was cartel, they're not going to admit to it.
0: Yeah. No. Because you well, like
2: nobody you wants to about... fuck with the cartel. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. You know, like they're not going to admit to that. So, mm. like, we knew, had a case you know?
1: up here, um, up here a couple of weeks ago. Um, little girl, I think she was 12 years old, walking home. Um, <clears throat> someone's uh home security camera, one of the the new um ring doorbells caught it. Yeah. Uh, they saw the little girl walk past, and then this little Honda drove by with distinct wheels. I mean, that was that was a huge thing. They the rims that were on this car um drove by and all of a sudden the girl was gone never got home um they put it on an Alert. 12 uh about 12 hours later um somebody driving through massachusetts saw that car and they called the cops and look at i'm right behind this car i'm pretty sure and then they saw them pushing the girl down the back seat oh yeah i I think i did see this one yeah yeah and this um this (coughs) husband and wife followed this car All the way on the mass turnpike until um the cops actually pulled it over and they did find that little girl and the guy that was driving was an illegal so no idea what would have happened to her Mm. yeah so she could have been dead i mean if if they weren't paying attention they they used the um, the description about the rims and they were able to say yep that's that's them so So she was saved
0: had They not said anything. God knows where that little girl would be right now, alive or dead or even in the country or or a different state or something. I mean,
1: 12 hours for that little girl, terrified,
0: not knowing what's going to happen. You know, I'm actually surprised that South Dakota doesn't have more because in particular where I live at, um, we live, I mean, the interstate literally goes right through my town. And it's kind of called the, uh, I can't remember how they um, phrased it, if it's like the crossroads or something or the, I don't know. But basically... I'm at the Northern Black Hills where Interstate 90 cuts right through the town. And literally within 10 minutes, you can, or a few minutes anyways, you can be in Wyoming, you can be in Montana, or you can be in North Dakota in, in any direction. So South Dakota, apparently they have a lot of traffickers come through. Uh, but they just don't ever catch them for the most part. Now, drug dealers and stuff like that, people peddling drugs, they get caught all the fucking time because that they're always paranoid, apparently. They're always speeding with out-of-state plates, and the state troopers here look for them. I mean, you speed through South Dakota and you don't have South Dakota plates or a neighboring state plate, you're going to get your shit searched real quick. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we've only had reports, or not even official reports, but um, supposed attempted kidnappings in Rapid City where— uh, There was one last year where this mom was walking through Walmart and uh, this guy came up and like grabbed her daughter's hand and literally just tried to walk away like it was her, her dad or something, you know, just something goofy. Yeah. And the mom was like, uh, excuse me, what are you doing? You know, and he was like, oh, sorry, or something and like took off. But we've only had little things like that, you know, and then uh, different um, Facebook pages and things that are, you know, local to the area. They're like, oh, all these women are like, oh, I was followed by some creepy guy in the store for like an hour and this or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And that's really all we have up here. And it's just crazy. I mean, all these supposed stories and there's never been like a full on case, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm thankful. Uh, but with how many people come through the state and there's a lot of drugs in South Dakota, too. We have a huge meth problem, which I'm sure you're aware of because our state slogan is meth. We're on it. Thanks, mm-hmm. Governor Noem. Um, you know, and that, again, the drugs tie into that all the time and it's just, it's insane.
1: Uh. I, um, I saw an article, um, how, uh, men are targeted with their young daughters in a lot of stores. Um, a woman that's being paid to grab kids will grab a little girl, take off. And when the baby screams and the father screams, the woman will be like, he's trying to take my daughter and they detain the father. And oh, so at that well. time, when he's being detained, the woman takes off with the kid. Right. Which is, you know, pretty freaking scary. Yeah, that's pretty fucking heinous. Yeah. I
0: mean. Yeah. yeah.
2: really.
0: You know, and it, it, kind of to lighten the subject of here a little bit, but yeah, you've seen those uh, memes on Facebook and shit where um, they're like, oh, they're, this girl's always reporting that someone's following her in the store. And it's like, yeah, it's security. Stop stealing, bitch. You know, like it <laughs> yeah, just popped in my head there. But, uh, you know. People's situational awareness. I think people are complacent a lot. Um, You know, they get negligent, they think, especially in my town. I live in a crazy yuppie ass town. It's a college town. We've only got maybe 10,000 people and probably a third of those are college kids. Um, But I'm like, you know, middle class America out here. It's a lot of small businesses, a lot of construction companies and stuff. And people are so fucking negligent and they just have that mentality of oh that'll never happen here that'll never happen here well you ask me this is the perfect place for something stupid to happen because people are just so nonchalant about it they leave their fucking doors unlocked half the time people leave their keys in their car with the car running while they run in the store for a fucking hour you know granted we have a lot of people that can steal carry here but you can only do you know so much with that you know what i mean um yeah. and especially in my town being a college town you know there's a lot of young kids uh, you know, between the ages of what, 18 and probably early 20s, I guess, going to school here. And they're not targeted, thankfully. At least I, I could tell. I, I called the local police department. We haven't had one case in this town, which thank God, uh, because my suspicions were kind of leading me to the oil fields. We have a lot of oil fields around here. and The oil fields yeah. hire a lot of uh, immigrants, not necessarily undocumented people or illegals or anything like that, but they hire a lot of uh, Latin American, they hire a lot of European immigrants and stuff like that to come work on the oil fields. And every time the oil fields start picking up, we get a lot of break-ins, we get a lot of burglaries, we get a lot of theft from stores and all sorts of stuff, which make your own conclusions on that. Um, but not one single human trafficking case, and that kind of blows my mind, because I just think that here is like the perfect environment for it, and people are just,
1: oh, no, don't worry about
0: it, I'm going to go shopping. College kids,
1: they just have their phones on true always have their
2: phones but i mean do you you think that they're maybe just like you know turning an eye to it though you know to where the the case that i was talking about earlier to where people kind of see it but then they're like oh well you know that person's just goofing around or whatever and they just blow it off do you think it would be something like that
0: i really wouldn't doubt it because this town um you know we do have a homeless problem here and Mm -hmm. city council and stuff uh hope i don't get sued here but in my opinion they uh (laughs) They don't care about it. It's one of those issues where it's a black eye for the town and they try to sweep it under the rug or keep it quiet and stuff like that. So I wouldn't doubt it if there actually is, you know, quite a few cases or anything important anyways, um, that they just keep hush-hush. The cops don't, you know, say anything about it. It doesn't make it to the, you know, local paper and it doesn't make it around town. And if it does, it's behind closed doors. You know, um, I just... It's a huge yuppie town. I mean, the kids here drive $40,000 pickup trucks, $50,000 pickup trucks. You go by the high school at any time during the day, and there's nicer vehicles than mine in there, for shit's sake. I mean, these kids are super privileged, and I just think that they would be, like, the perfect target. And don't paint me wrong, I'm not considering human trafficking here, people, but... I just think that for my town, people are just so complacent with it that eventually it is going to happen. And then they're going to act like, oh, my God, instead of, wow, we should have been prepared for this. We should have had a contingency in place. We should have had some form of awareness. But, nope, they don't care. We're on math. That's the only problem.
2: you know. Well, I mean, but, all, it, all it takes is for them to, to have somebody start having them trust them. And that's about it, man. That's all it takes. Right. Like right, I said, some, you know, some naive I
0: mean, college girl here like exactly oh and, it, and it's
2: know. usually the shy the shy nice ones you know the ones that yeah that think that everybody's good in the world and you know they're the ones that are going to get abducted first because they don't know any better you
0: know yeah and, and i could totally see that happening here and I, I honestly i pray it doesn't
1: but you know and that's probably another thing with uh facebook um i uh i see a lot of people getting um friend requests from just random people. You know, yeah. and girls nowadays they accept them They have to have five thousand people on their Facebook. Like, oh, my parents don't like me. I'm having a hard time in school. My boyfriend left me. I'm overweight. Blah blah blah. And then that's like an end for someone to get to her, you know? Oh, I right. think you're pretty, you know. I mean, not that I know know these things, but I'm I'm just saying that it seems feasible. Like, wouldn't that be a way to get in there and yeah I, like a lot I of think these so. young kids yeah they don't understand that they're they're being used they're they're not liked as much as they think they are but they're a right. target and, and i think yeah.
0: this kind of plays into last week's episode too the social media you know they use that as a tool a manipulating device you know to yeah. try to coerce these girls or whoever uh, you know come meet me over here come do this whatever blah 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 and next thing you know um they're being pimped out in Czechoslovakia or some shit, and they have no idea yeah. how they got there. You know, like some taken shit. Yeah. But you know, there's now, and a, we have it. a lot of
1: stats here in Colony about that. Like their Colony is always putting things on the news how all these out of state guys, teachers, cops, whatever, are meeting a 13 year old girl boy, and they're meeting here in Colony at a hotel. And obviously, right, thank God it's not a real yeah. kid, it's a cop. But you know, that's they find them on um Facebook. So, yeah, and, and see, so
2: and believe it or not, most of that is usually from, uh, from foster homes, like kids yeah, in foster homes. You know, I was actually or, just uh, going to say that. Care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah. Like, they're a looking lot of those, for because that's what I was reading on. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, you got to think like they're the most. I'm not saying that they're the most vulnerable, but they are the most. Um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like uh, easy uh, to it because of their situation. Yeah, exactly. You know, they they want who doesn't want to be loved somewhere exactly. Right. Right. Exactly. You know, who doesn't want to be loved? They they want that affection. Right. So, yeah. And, I and mean, foster if, if kids, people they typically
0: get the shit end of the stick to begin with, you know, because they get bounced from home to home, family to family. They're never in a permanent place for the most part till they turn 16 and could be emancipated yeah. or 18 and whatever. But um, I know that a lot of foster kids grow up and then they end up joining the military that uh, I saw a stat on that, that the uh, number of foster kids that join the military is pretty high. Um, But, yeah, I mean, kids get lost in the foster system all the time. You know, they're treated like a number. The system doesn't give a shit about them. Half these families abuse them out there. You know, very rarely do the kids that are in foster care get treated well, you know, with a loving temporary family in a sense. Um, A lot of them get abused, um, whether it's sexually or physically, verbally, or whatever. Um, It's just crazy, you know why would you be a foster parent if you have the wrong intentions in mind? Because you got to think most of those kids were born into a shitty situation and you're just going to make it worse for, you know, a thousand or $2,000 from the government every month. Like those are you the worst what, types of people out there.
1: Yeah. Some people yeah. use kids as a paycheck.
0: Yeah. My ex-wife,
1: um, <laughs> my ex-wife. <laughs> right? uh, uh. Uh,
0: but yeah, but I mean, and kind of going back to the, uh, the flow here, I guess, you know, there's a lot of organizations out there that are trying to combat human trafficking. Um, We could, you know, spout off a million of them, but they're all pretty much doing the same thing. And I think the biggest tool right now, at least that I can find, uh, tell me if you disagree, is just awareness alone is probably the best weapon at this point because every government in the world pretty much is spending, you know, X amount of dollars, millions of dollars, at least trying to combat this. But because the demand there is so high, and because it, it's so lucrative for these criminal organizations to run this stuff, uh, mm. you know they're having a hard time combating it financially. So I think for average Joe guys like us, uh, you know, and then this podcast too, and news outlets, whatever else, the awareness is probably the best weapon. Would you guys agree with that?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I think so. Yeah. I um, think- I'd be curious to know. Um, to find out if it's slowed down a little bit since Epstein was caught. And now that he's dead, I mean, has it cut Easy, though? a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, even if he's not, yeah. I don't think he's running his own island anymore. Not anymore. But, um, yeah, that got repoed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, has because I would, I mean, of the I would... crackdown with him, has it slowed down a little bit? People are more aware I'm... now or...
2: People are probably more aware, but I don't think it's slowed down because you got to think about it. I mean, Epstein was probably like the, not even the tip of it, because you still yeah. got the cartel, you got the Russian mafia, you got all these other secret organizations that we probably don't even know about at the moment. Terrorist and, organizations. I mean, this is, yeah, you know, there, there's going to be, like, again, he's he was just not even the tip. So I, I think
0: I they just like made him the face gonna, of
1: it. Right, exactly. So he's like a yeah. a drug dealer on the corner. He got knocked off. Somebody else is his place now. Yeah, yeah like like, like they knocked Makes out sense. one.
0: They knocked out one uh, organization out of like a hundred thousand or something. You know what I mean? Like right. Yeah. Dropping the bucket essentially. So now somebody else has scale. his business. Yeah, Bill Clinton's niche.
1: Yeah. next. And... No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, but yeah, but like Jesse said too. That I mean, you know, you you have to be aware of this stuff, man. Because I think that's going to be the the big majority, at least for us. For the United yeah. States as, as a country, that we definitely need to be more aware um, on our surroundings and just being negligent to what is going around us in order for this to, to kind of disseminate in, in this country.
0: Yeah, I think our society as a whole is very good with the awareness aspect, and I kind of give credit to social media. Um, you know, for example, autism, right? Autism used to be like, oh, they used to call them mentally retarded or... Uh,
1: or your parents what used to it? beat it out of you. <laughs> yeah, right. Or or just drug
0: you up till you just behave type shit or whatever. But intellectually up. disabled, whatever the case was. Um, and it wasn't until, what, probably the last 20 years or so that the awareness really started popping up. Like, hey, these people are not mentally retarded. They're not this or not that, whatever. Like, they're just trapped in their body. They can't communicate effectively. They still learn the same way. Um, it just might take them a little bit longer. whatever. But then you had the whole autism thing come out because of all this awareness. Cool. And now everybody knows what autism is. When before, it was a, a misconception that, oh, that guy's retarded or that child's retarded. And I say that in respectfully, sorry. But now everybody knows. So that way, um, even police, when they see somebody, they're acting kind of silly or whatever else, or if you're in the store or whatever else. My first thought, anyways, is if I see a little kid or even a grown-up, they're acting kind of off. My first thought now is, oh, maybe he's autistic. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. And
0: yeah. hopefully, we can kind of get to that, that uh that level with the human trafficking and just throwing it out there, I guess maybe if it, if the awareness gets so great that we could just be like, Hey, uh, something's kind of wrong. They're like, ma'am, are you okay? Or Hey little kid, you all right? Or whatever that, you know, maybe that will be our th- first thought rather of like something's kind of wrong. Maybe I should report this instead of, Oh, that's their parents or something, or that's not my problem or whatever else, because something has to be done. But I, again, the awareness well, aspect I think is probably the greatest weapon. So
2: yeah, exactly.
1: But well, um, for um, I don't know. I my advice is um, take your kids to the bus stop. My daughter's eight years old. The bus stop is fifty feet away. I drive right. her every morning. I'm there to pick her up. She knows if I'm not there on time to pick her up, she stays on the bus, goes to school. So, right. Yeah, just, and not being complacent. I, right. Yeah. Don't. I mean, that's don't just say, like, "Oh, you it, can you can walk home, honey. It's okay." No. No. Yeah.
2: Yeah cuz it's just one of those things cuz I mean to kind of relate to it. So this is something that I always used to tell my kids. So I was like, okay, so you know how Thor at the beginning of his movies, he trusted his his brother, right? His brother Loki. Right. How uh, he was like, "Oh, okay, you know, I I love you to death, you know, you're my brother. We're going to we're going to, you know, you're being controlled, so I'm not going to count you for what you're doing right now because I feel like you're being controlled." So forth and so on, right? But then whenever you look at Thor on Thor Ragnarok, Ragnar- Ragnarok, you see that he trusts his brother, but not as far as he can throw him. Right. To all the actions that he was given. So, the way that I tell my kids whenever I tell them that story is be like Thor and Thor Ragnarok. You know, trust the person, but don't trust them as far as you can throw them. Right. Because yeah, you don't know what's going to happen. A bit. Yeah, keep them at a distance. Exactly. Because you don't know what's going on, especially. If you just met that person, don't give them your full trust. Like, get, give them enough trust to where you can be somewhat comfortable, but don't give them the full you.
1: Right. You know. It it kind of speaking sense. of speaking of that too, kids kids will let you know if they're not comfortable with somebody. Yeah, of course, kids are yeah.
0: brutally honest too. Like, yeah, yeah, they'll say whatever's on their mind, which I think is hilarious in most cases, but it's also a safety thing too. Um, you know that they're like, yeah, so and so, he creeped me out, or he said this, or he did mm-hmm. that, and then they're like, wait, what? You know, like it makes a, the parents question like who the hell is that person or i've had that happen a couple times to my kids where they they told me stuff about um you know an adult or something that i was like the hell and then a school or a phone call was made to the school or whoever it was but um yeah yeah uh but going on here i i did i want to go on to this um next little um i guess side topic within um i was contacted by i'll just say his first name jonathan he asked the the question you know what are our thoughts on legalizing prostitution you know uh would it help alleviate the human trafficking problem or would it make it worse or would it be you know create a le- a good industry or something or whatever and I, I did happen to find um actually it's harvard law and international development society so pretty reputable source i would think harvard you know university cool. um they kind of reinstate, you know, the human trafficking. It affects the whole world. Um U.S. State Department in 2013 estimated that there's 27 million victims worldwide, all this other stuff. Um, 82% of it concerns sex trafficking, and nearly half of those involved victims under the age of 18. And then they go on to say that, um, you know, the United Nations adopted that protocol to prevent, suppress, and punish trafficking, blah, 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 just recently in 2000, you know. Um They conducted a study in 2012, and they they deemed it, does legalized prostitution increase human trafficking? So the findings, and this is where it gets interesting, because to me it was a little surprising, but at the same time I kind of suspected, you know, what they said in a sense. Um, Uh So, and I'll just kind of paraphrase the information here. So they said that countries where they legalized the prostitution, they had a higher number of human trafficking inflow into the countries compared to the countries where it was prohibited. So kind of that supply and demand type thing again, Um, which to me, it's like, oh, if it's legalized, then there has to be proper channels, right? Well, I'm sure there is, but they were still pumping in exploited people left and right, uh, according to this study. And they say, on average, the countries with legalized prostitution reported a greater incidence of human trafficking inflows. So you legalize it, you make it okay to practice, but you're actually affecting more victims because of the demand aspect, I, I guess, here. Um,
2: well, yeah, because it, because then you're telling the people that are trafficking, oh, okay, well, it's legal to what I'm doing now.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and they like got well, to supply them somewhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: So, uh, you and, know. And, and, well,
1: who's who's going to want the girl that's been used 35 times? Yeah. Exactly. So, so yeah, they got to keep, keep getting fresh girls in constantly. Right. So that, that could be a problem. I, I could see that.
0: Yep. And so and here's a criminalization aspect of it. So criminalization in Sweden uh, resulted in the shrinking of prostitution market and thus declining the human trafficking flow. So it's either you legalize it and you increase the flow or you criminalize it and then you decrease the flow, which I would think that black market side probably would have boosted it. I I thought it would be the other way around. But according to the study, it's not so. Uh, they are, they also, uh, studied Sweden and Denmark where prostitution is decriminalized and Germany where they expanded legalization of prostitution, kind of going back to what we discussed earlier. Um, it's consistent with the quantitative analysis, which fancy words, uh, showing that the trafficking inflows decreased with criminalization and increased with legalization. And I think that's somewhat true for drugs too. You know, you look at the States like, uh, you know, Washington, Colorado, um, uh, who else? Uh, California Vermont. decriminalized it all, so other kind of stuff. Granted, they they provide legal avenues for people to grow their own weed, but they're having a problem now that the overregulation of it, the the tax on it, and everything else, is causing the black market to spike up. If people don't want to go pay eighty dollars for an ounce, when they can go get it for, you know, whatever you know from this other guy. I'm I'm not a weed head, so I don't really know prices. I just know the eighty for an ounce because that's what Illinois just <laughs> put it at, and people were pissed. But um, I think that's so pretty much double. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, right. Yeah. So, but yeah, so it it seems like the criminalization versus the decriminalization versus the legalization versus the you know prohibiting and everything else. It's like a it's a double edged sword because they go on to explain that the legalization and decriminalization, or at least the legalization aspect of it, um, potentially it you know it improved the uh work environment, the treatment of the sex workers. You know, they got benefits. I guess at that point, you know, they had proper facilities to do it they could get testing and all sorts of stuff you know for STDs or whatever else but the trade-off is that the demand keeps bringing in more more victims from other places and then you know the criminalization aspect of it decreases the flow because I'm assuming people get busted you know if you get caught you're probably doing some time whether it's our country or not or you know elsewhere but it, you see what I mean though it's it's a double-edged sword regardless of which way you go and yeah. it's just kind of a surprising study because again, I I figured it'd be the other way around. I figured it'd be flip-flop, but, and then I'll just yeah, read. It's uh, one of those things
2: that like you're damned if you do and damned if you don't pretty much.
0: Pretty much. Right. And then of course yeah. you get the government involved and they end up screwing everything up anyways. Yeah. You of know, <laughs> so um, let's see. The type of legalization of prostitution does not matter. It only matters whether prostitution is legal or not. So, regardless of what type you have, um, it, the, the outcome is still the same. Um, democracies have a higher probability of increased human trafficking inflows than non-democratic countries. There's a 13.4% higher probability of the inflows into democratic countries than otherwise. And I think that kind of plays into the whole poverty aspect again, too. Democratic countries, um, as a whole, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think they tend to be wealthier. Um, compared to non-democratic countries or, or countries that their style of government just affects how people can work and everything else a little bit differently. But yeah, yeah. And so in Deadwood in South Dakota here up in the Black Hills, uh, like I said earlier, prostitution used to be legal all the way up until the 80s. You know, it was legal for about 100 years because yeah, Deadwood started out as a big gold mine town. Everybody was coming in. He had opium dens from the Chinese and stuff and prostitution as just about any other place in the Wild West, um, you know, that practice. And I'm surprised, I'm surprised that they let it go till the 80s. I'll have to look up and find out why they canceled it, and I'm sure it was a uh, a moral issue for South Dakota because we like to pretend that we have morals up here. Um, but that was surprising to me, that you could go to Deadwood, you can go gamble, you can go get tanked, and then you could have brought Sally Joe Hooker back to your room and nothing would have happened. Hmm. So,
2: well, that's just but, like I don't know. Uh, like here, kind of speaking up on that, I remember we came down here. This was while, uh, while I was in as a green suitor, but I remember that they actually allow you to uh, to buy escorts in certain parts of uh, Alabama. Really? Like they, yeah, they have uh, you They can literally call, these, literally call these people and be like, "Hey, you know, yada yada yada," and they show up to wherever you're at. Yeah. And you know, you do your thing. The only reason, cause I know that, like I said, was, uh, we can here for a certain, uh, for a certain event. And when we were here, one of the other guys that, uh, that we were with, he, he did that. Yeah. And he just went on one of the ads. I was nuts. I was what, what was going on in one of the classifieds? And I
0: had that, that was a huge problem, uh, down in Clarksville, uh, you know the Clark's full back page and shit, and the the Craigslist ads. You know, mail look male for woman type stuff, whatever. I know that that was a huge problem, and I know a lot of soldiers got busted for uh, soliciting prostitution. Um, you know, um, you know, using backdoor or whatever that that uh, escort page was and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of funny you mention that
1: because <laughs> I remember soldiers, my, <laughs> um, a lot of the infantry brigades ex, and stuff ex, getting uh, busted. <laughs> I was married with my ex, and found uh, a back page. She was escorting. Oh, my God. Oh, so yeah, that that kind of hurts, yeah.
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah so,
1: so, so, Well, you know, hey.
0: So I think we'll probably start wrapping up here. We're in about an hour, just over an hour now. But yeah, I think <sighs> so now, you know, it's you funny did. part. Go ahead, Chris.
1: I was going to leave a funny part. Uh, was on back page for myself. my wife was out um i answered her ad and then we met up at a hotel yes right
2: and she denied
0: me no oh, go figure
2: <laughs> so.
0: But, so yeah so just to recap though i mean uh for this overall episode here so i think we all kind of agree that awareness is is the best tool to kind of combat this at this point you know um Poverty is the main driving factor here for the most part. You know, you have the people from the more impoverished countries and areas being imported into the more wealthier nations and stuff. And I learned that it's not just sexual exploitation. It's also modern slavery. You know, they're literally forcing people to Mm -hmm. live as slaves.
1: Um, You have got to educate your kids right from the get-go. Yeah. Yeah. Watch the surrounding. Stay with somebody. Don't be complacent.
0: You know, situational awareness Mm -hmm. is key. And if you can defend yourself in one way, shape or another, you know. Uh that's gonna be uh next week's podcast Here's. there and this is kinda of the teaser here. Um, self defense <laughs> and you know, carrying a concealed pistol or an open carry, whatever. Um we're gonna we're gonna dig into that one there. And I know uh states like, like mine and Pedro's, um we're very open with second amendment rights and we're proud of it. You know, I carry a pistol everywhere I go, be going to the store a half a mile down the street. And I carry that shit regardless, you know, cause God help anybody that's going to try to take, you know, my wife or kids, uh, me and 20 of my homies are going to be flinging at you at about 1900 feet per second, like real quick. So, um, but you know, and then States like, like Chris, unfortunately they make you jump through fucking hoops just to even get the process started. And there's cool down yeah, it's periods. It's even impossible now. Yeah, and you got to register your shit with your local law enforcement, I believe.
1: And now, yeah, and now we have the right. Our governor is actually kicking the way, one by one. It's impossible. it's impossible. It's impossible. He's trying to make it a gun-free state.
0: Yeah, fucking Cuomo. That dude's a dick. Okay. T- you know, I bro. really, you know, I really mad as New York, and, and Chris, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but New York's been flying down the tube quite a bit in just the last couple decades. I mean, this wasn't just all Cuomo's yeah. fault, and I'm not saying i agree with this guy by any way shape or form but you know he's just kind of been the head of all of it you know what i mean to actually implement all these bullshit laws and regulations that are really restrictive as hell you know and and we could spend a whole fucking episode talking about that guy and his douchebag family i mean you literally have the cuomos that came from an italian crime syndicate and now he's the fucking governor of new york state i mean how in the shit is that?
1: i mean that he's the he's the boss yeah, th- he, yeah, he's, he's the godfather. Go,
0: uh, mm. You know, uh, we're gonna pass mm. this bill. Like, it's fucking crazy because, <laughs> I mean, it's just like literally something out of a Martin Scorsese film. You know, the family wants to go legit. Yeah. How do we do it? Oh, you know, we'll run a campaign, we'll we'll go for governor. You know, like, <laughs> that was the worst accent ever. I'm sorry, I, everybody. I but- won't admit
1: to, I will not admit to anything, but I am uh, here in the U.S. not to register anything. Yeah. That's all yeah. I'm gonna say.
0: Yeah, and you know what? Honestly, good luck trying to find out because no shit until you register it anyways um at least right. for the most part and <laughs> yeah well, so every fire purchase, different avenues yeah yeah well and, see, and that's the thing too though is that the criminals not calling you criminal but there are ways around that shit you can purchase it from joe Schmo down the street whatever else oh, whatever yeah. A- at most the well, government I've, knows yes what you what you buy from the 1173 when you you know you do background check and stuff with the fbi and the ATF, but. Um, other than that, my state, I don't have to register shit. My sheriff does not require anything. My police department doesn't need to know squat and not going to keep it. Because like you said, Chris, if they, even if they were to pass that, I'm still not telling them what the hell I have, they can come fucking find mm-hmm. out. But right. anyways, but we're getting off into that topic there. And that that's going to be for next. We have uh, special guest, uh, Jason on, and we're going to kind of discuss, you know, what we carry, why we carry, when we carry all the ins and outs, you know, pistol choice, all that kind of stuff. And I think that's going to be pretty informative. That's going to be more of an opinion piece because that's, there's not a whole lot of information out there that can say, no, you need to carry this type of pistol. Like it is all personal preference. It's all what you're comfortable with, you know, stuff like that. So, but but I don't know about you guys, but tonight, um, this is such an in-depth subject. You know, we could probably come back and and touch it again here, uh, later on. But, uh, uh Pedro, I appreciate you being on and uh nice to Thank you for having me on so, yeah, absolutely Christmas man and uh hey, yeah, so we're just gonna it um, with that here
1: one Go final ahead, thought Christmas. if you see if if you see something, say something
0: absolutely exactly. S- simple yes. enough, yeah, don't be afraid to report that because God forbid you're wrong, but right yeah exactly you're i mean you're gonna feel pretty shitty if you're like that little girl or that little boy's on the news in a, a week or two they found him dead or some shit.
1: And you saw it,
0: and yeah, and you, yeah, you yeah, saw cool. it, and you needed to say something, and you didn't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, cool. but everybody, I, th- I think we're going to end with that. We're an hour here, and uh, thanks for tuning in. I hope you join us next week, like I said, when we talk about self defense and carrying a pistol and whatnot. And, um, you know, again, if you have any th- suggestions, comments, concerns, anything like that. Uh, let us know. Hit us up at uh, the Heretic Radio Facebook page. You can send a message over there or even post right on the, the main page. Uh, or send us an email at hereticradiopodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We do check that daily. So, again, I appreciate everybody listening. in Pedro, thanks for joining us tonight. Awesome choice, dude. I really can't say uh, that. Thanks. is a hell of a topic.
2: So. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it again, by. man. Thank you for having me. Yep, thank All you right. very much. See you